0: Coffee with Colby, episode 23. Let's go. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to today's episode of Coffee with Colby, the show that's all about helping you put your best foot forward on your professional path. In the time it takes to enjoy just one cup of coffee, we cover the challenges that crop up in the workplace and how to balance your career and your personal life. This is all of the stuff that you need to know that they didn't teach you in school. Thanks for tuning in as always I'm Colby Reed and this is my show and on today's show we are going to talk about something that is very topical right now Uh, it is open enrollment season which means this is the time of year when you have the opportunity if you do not get insurance through your employer to enroll or change your plan or if you uh, do get your uh, insurance and your benefits to your employer, this is typically when employers will offer the opportunity to uh, change your plan. They may have a changed plan that they need to inform you about. They may be changing your insurance benefits. They may be changing your 401k, you know, things like that. Um, Odds are you're going to get an invitation if you are currently employed. Odds are you're going to get an invitation to some sort of open Q&A session with HR. They might just send you an email. Um, And the purpose of today's uh, today's podcast, it is very common, particularly for young professionals. And this isn't a knock, but this is just the reality. It's common for young professionals to kind of skip over this part of their professional, uh, their professional to do's. Um, it's very common to think, well, I'm, I'm pretty healthy. I, I just need basic insurance. I don't need to really think about that. Um, you know, I'm 22, 24. What do I care about my retirement? I don't need to worry about my 401k and, and, Not necessarily that you're going to make any horrible mistakes, but it's possible that you are going to overlook some really key decisions that you need to be making now. um, And you're not going to realize it for a a couple of years. And trust me, we've all been there. Uh, Today, when we talk about some of these examples, I'm actually going to share one example that cost me thousands of dollars over the course of one year. Um, And that's what I'm really hoping to accomplish here, is to make sure that you are maximizing your value both in the short term, the value to your bank account both in the short term and in the long term. So there's really kind of three primary areas that I want to talk about today um, and then kind of a a, a fourth kind of more general bucket. Um, But when it comes to your compensation package, it's really divided into two different areas. There's your salary and your benefits. And we kind of talk about benefits in this broad, big picture kind of way. Like it's this big basket of goodies. And it's rare, particularly early in your career, to kind of dig into exactly what that is. You might get really excited if, you know, your company has, you know, free lunch Friday or if they've got, you know, a cell phone reimbursement or something like that. But Where the real meat and potatoes of your benefit lies is in three key areas. Um, The first is in your overall insurance plan. The second is in if you have some sort of health savings account, so either a flexible spending account or a health savings account. And then also your 401k and your retirement package. Uh, There are a few other key areas we'll talk about at the tail end of this, but those are the three main ones that I want to cover. Um, so the first one that you want to be looking at when you get presented with your ins- with your benefit updates for this year, first and foremost, you want to look at your insurance plan. Because odds are, if you are employed and getting your insurance through your employer, you're probably going to get two packages, maybe three Um Typically, there's a a lower cost version and a lot of times employers will cover that one completely. Um, You'll see that that's commonly either an HMO or um, what's called a high deductible account. So that's an account where you pay a lower premium, but you end up paying significantly more for your care out of pocket your deductible the amount that you're responsible for is higher Um, those more and more we're seeing employers willing to pay for the entire premium on those but then there's usually what's called a ppo plan or the gold plan or you know an an upgraded premium plan that allows you more choices of more doctors a lower deductible things like that Um, and they will typically the uh, typically your, your company if they pay for the lower tier plan they'll give you you know whatever they were paying for the lower tier plan and then you have to pay the difference now it's really important that you take a few minutes take 10 minutes and read through the different options and really think for a few minutes about which one makes the most sense for you and if you don't know if it doesn't make sense it is perfectly reasonable and acceptable to ask to sit down with your HR person and have them talk you through it or a trusted advisor, talk to your parents, talk to a mentor, uh, because health insurance can be really confusing. And especially if you get, you know, there are times where you'll get, you know, maybe two plans, like a an HMO plan and a PPO plan. But then within those, there'll be two or three different versions of you can have a $500 deductible or a $1,500 deductible or a $2,000 deductible. And which one is going to make the most sense for, for you? And what you're really balancing is how much you're paying per month in premium versus how much you're actually going to use it over the course of the next 12 months. Let me give you an example of how this can kind of backfire if you're not paying attention. So one year, I actually signed up for our company's gold plan. Now, at the time, it made sense because I thought that there was going to be uh, a need for it. I thought that there was going to be some medical expenses that I was going to have, but it turned out that those medical expenses were significantly less than I had anticipated. I didn't get, I didn't bother to get a good um, estimate and was just kind of going off of my gut. And as a result, I was paying out of pocket 150 or $200, I think more per month, into that plan, I had a great deductible, but I didn't ever really get the benefit of that. Whereas, if I'd been taking the the, the company plan, I probably could have saved myself close to a thousand dollars, maybe even two thousand dollars over the life of, of over the course of that year because I didn't need all that extra coverage. Um, this is something that gets easier as you get older and you start to get a better sense of what your actual healthcare costs are going to be. But if you think that you're only going to need to have your uh, you know, you're going to have your annual physical and maybe one medication, you need to estimate out how much that's going to cost. If you think that this is a year where if, if, if this is, if you have a common ongoing issue with, uh, you know, back problems and you think you're going to need to see the chiropractor or physical therapy, you really need to dig into your plan and see how much of that is actually covered and whether it's partially covered. Because there are times, another example that I've run into in my career is where your company plan will say you're covered for 10 visits to the chiropractor, which to me says I have 10 free visits to the chiropractor. In reality, it means you have 10 visits to the chiropractor at a $45, deduct, a $45 copay. So that's a, if I used all 10, epi, 10, 10 visits, it's a $450 expense. This isn't something you should be afraid of. This isn't something you should be intimidated by. You're not going to, as long as you have health insurance, you're not going to make a horrible choice. But being thoughtful and taking some time now to really walk through the process can save you a chunk of money. Another way that you can save money is with your FSA or your HSA. And this is the second area that I want to talk about. Ask if your company offers either a flexible spending account or a health savings account. I, I delved in, I dove into this in uh, episode, I believe episode 10 of this podcast, where we talked about understanding your health benefits. But as a refresher, um, a flexible spending account and a health savings account are pre-tax accounts where you take money out of your paycheck before taxes are deducted, and you can then use that money tax-free for healthcare purposes. Um, The big difference, um, your FSA, flexible spending account, is money that you lose at the end of the year if you don't use it. Um, There have been some changes in the law and there are some instances now where you can roll over part of it, but for the most part, you need to treat that money as either I'm gonna use this over the next 12 months or it's gonna go away. A health savings account, an HSA, is something that stays with you, and you can roll over year over year over year. Um, it's actually a, a pretty cool savings tool if you have one. Um, typically, an HSA is something that's paired with a high deductible health plan. Um, that's more and more becoming the trend. Um, the reason being that your employer assumes that you're going to have more out of pocket healthcare expenses, and so. They want you to have that, that money set aside. Um, there are also instances where your employer might make a contribution to your HSA. I don't know many, many instances of any of them doing an FSA, but I have heard and have seen employers that will contribute to your HSA, which is free money. Um, it's, a free, it, it, it's a way to reduce those medical costs. There's a third version here that's much more rare, and that's called an HRA, an health reimbursement account, and this is where your employer just contributes for you. So they give you an allowance of 100 bucks a month or something like that into your HRA that you can then use to help pay for your medical expenses. It's a really nice benefit. It's not that common, but it is out there. Um, the reason why you want to take advantage of this is if you're in, say, a, you know an average tax rate for someone who's... Know, in your early 20s or mid 20s you're saving yourself 25 to 30 cents on the dollar by using those pre-tax using, using that as a pre-tax savings account. Um, so if you put that money in, if you put 70 70 cents in, it's the same thing as sent, putting a dollar away um, because you're saving the saving that money on the taxes. What I also like about the FSA and the HSA and the HRA is That money comes out before you get your paycheck. Now, if you're doing a budget, which you should be doing, your budget should be based on the money you bring home at the end of each month. It should be the the post-tax dollars. If you have an FSA or an HSA or an HRA, that money's already gone. So it's like this kind of bonus account that you're not budgeting for. So when you have a medical need or if a medical issue comes up, that money um, is, is just sitting there like in a savings account. It's, it's a really nice little bonus, a nice little benefit. Um, the other thing that's important when you have an FSA or an HSA is at the beginning of the year, figure out a system to track your medical expenses and all of your receipts, because FSA providers will give you a debit card and you can just use that for your, uh, for your, your expenses. Um, I have, I've I've had an FSA for 15 years and I have never used my card once. Um, I just forget that it's there. Um, so the other version, the other way to, re, to, to claim that money is if you submit your receipts to your FSA provider. The trick here is you need proper documentation. You usually need some sort of itemized bill from your doctor or an EOB statement or something like that. It is so much more helpful if you have a system in place, so that then, when it comes to submitting, because you're going to be submitting, you know, thirty-five dollars here, seventeen dollars here, prescription here, a doctor's visit there. Um, it can it can be kind of time consuming, but if you've got a system where you're filing away your receipts throughout the year, it gets much easier to submit those when you're when you're ready. Um, if you really want to nerd out like I do, I actually keep a spreadsheet on my desk or on my on my desktop where I will have you know each doctor's visit that I go to now granted with the Crohn's disease and, and all that I have a lot of doctor's appointments I have a lot I have a couple of medications that I take so I'm really into my FSA and, and my HSA um, but if you ha- I, I use a, a spreadsheet and I actually will keep track of okay I had these doctor's appointments these were my co-pays and I have submitted or I haven't submitted and whether I submitted it to my FSA or my HSA or whatever the account is at that time Um, The third area that I want to talk about, and this is another tax tax loophole, tax savings opportunity, and this is your 401k retirement plan. Um, Simply put, your 401k, if you're not familiar, is a pre-tax retirement account. So you can take money, just like you do for your FSA and your HSA, you can take money out of your, your paycheck before it's taxed, and it goes into... Uh, an account that then grows over the life of your career. Um, I believe the rule is you can't touch that money until you're 65, Um, I think so, I think that's it. Um, But either way, you can't touch it until you retire. But over time, that's growing with compound interest. If you ever want to see the impact of a 401k, go online and there's a ton of uh, 401k calculators that will show the growth rate of that money Put $1,000 into an account, into a 401k account for 40, for 40 years and it will blow your mind how much that, grow, that, that will grow. We're talking about tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars at retirement growing from a single $1,000 depending on how the market performs. Um, it is very common early in, in your career to think, I need every dollar I can get, I got to pay rent, I got to do this, I got to get my avocado toast or whatever is the craze this day, this week for the kids, um, but, uh, I feel old, um, but it, it also behooves you to think about your retirement because if you can start socking away $1,000 or $2,000 at 22 and consistently contribute you know, 10% of your income, 15% of your income to that, to that account over the life of your career, that's going to wind up being serious money. And if, because it's pre-tax, if you are again, building your budget based off of what you get post-tax, you're not going to miss it. You're going to be thinking about, this is how much money I have. You're not even going to be thinking about needing to to, to to fund a retirement account. It's just going to be there and you're going to get these fun statements every quarter that say, oh, I have $10,000 in, in my retirement account. I have $100,000 in my retirement account. It's a really fun game. Um, the important thing also is to talk to an advisor about how you are investing that money. Um, odds are your company will have a rep that you can talk to, but I also advise you to go out and find somebody um, that you can... You can who can walk you through what you're investing in. Um, you don't want, for example, to have all of your money in bonds. Bonds are going to get you like no interest, but you also don't want to have all your money in crazy stocks. You want to have somebody that can put it into a really good mix for you. Um, and there's there's a lot of good resources out there to help you put your money to work over the long term. Um, those are the three biggest areas of your of your benefits that I wanted to talk about. Um, there are some other benefits that are gonna come up this time of year that you should be thinking about. Um, we've talked about a few of these before, but I wanna make sure we touch on them again. Uh, the First and foremost is your EAP plan. This is your employee assistance plan. And this is, um, it's an added benefit that a lot of employers offer that gives discounts on a variety of life services. Uh, the most common are, things like uh, mental health. So if you need to go see a counselor, you can go uh, get either free sessions or sessions for like a $20 copay with a mental health provider. Or um, they also provide legal services. So if you need to put together a will, um, if you need to incorporate, if you want to do a side business, you need to incorporate that. There are resources there. Um, One thing that I do also want to touch back on, um, I should have brought this up when we were talking about FSAs and HSAs there's one other account and that is um, a, a, a care provider account um, that works exactly the same as an FSA where you can set aside money uh, pre-tax that you can then use for child care um, and I think I think it maxes out at five thousand dollars but don't quote me on that um, I'm going off of what I feel like I remember seeing on the form a year or two ago um but you if you have kids or if you are thinking about having kids this is another great resource where you can again save you know 25 30% of your money by setting that money aside you just have to be sure it's money that you're going to spend you need to budget out okay we're going to spend this much on healthcare you also on on on, on childcare you also have to be sure that you're working with a childcare provider that will be allowed to accept that money. I, I, I'm not, I'm not perfectly versed on the child care account specifics, but I know that on the, on the healthcare side, certain expenses can be, can be done. But like, for example, if you go and just get a massage because you want a massage, you can't put that on your FSA. But if your doctor prescribes massage because of an injury, you can get that reimbursed through your FSA. I believe the same applies with daycare where you need to have a – it's not like you can just – your babysitter down the block can get reimbursed. But I think it has to be a licensed or accredited childcare facility. If you have questions about it, I would talk to your HR provider. Don't go with the guy talking on the podcast. I'm just trying to give you a heads up that this is something you need to be thinking about. Um. So your EAP plan um, is is one that you need to be looking at. Also, this is a good time of year to be looking at other little side benefits that your company offers. Do they have some sort of health club reimbursement or some sort of health health investment program that they offer? Do they offer some sort of reimbursement for home internet or cell phone or any of those things? And are you actually maximizing those throughout the year? It can feel kind of boring, and it can feel kind of dull, and it can also feel kind of pointless when you're 23 years old and perfectly healthy. Why am I obsessing over my health insurance? Why am I obsessing over my retirement? What I'm trying to impress upon you is: in 10 years, when you are, you know, starting to think about, okay, at some point I want to retire. Granted, at 33, you're probably not going to be retiring for another 20 or 30 years. The ground you can make in this, you know, in your 20s is so valuable if you are smart with your money. You can save some really good money on your healthcare. You can invest some really good money on your retirement plan. You just have to put some thought and time into it. And it can be really easy to gloss over this because odds are you're just gonna get like a quick email from HR or you're gonna get invited to some optional Q&A with HR that you're not gonna be paying attention to. Um, Make sure that you take some time and walk through this because I promise you, you will thank me five, 10, 15 years from now. And that's it for episode 23, episode 24 coming at you before you know it. Um, as always, if you got a question or a topic you'd like us to cover, um, you can go ahead and email, you can, uh, hit me up on Twitter at Colby Reed, C-O-L-B-Y-R-E-A-D-E. And please do make sure to give us that five-star rating on iTunes. we Would really appreciate that. Otherwise, uh, I'm Colby Reed. And as always, we'll talk next time.